Of the Air, the podcast where we discuss all things Tamara Pierce all the time. I am your host, Katie. And I'm Tracy. And today we are back in Wild Magic, working on chapters 5 and 6. Um, so, if you are keeping up with the podcast, you can find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can find us on Pages of the Air. And today, the tea we are drinking is a homemade tea. We brewed a little bit of ginger with some fresh lime and honey. Uh, there's still a lot of flu and stuff going around from where we are in Texas, so we are just trying to stay healthy. And that weird virus that I'm not sure what's going on there. Oh, it's not here yet. We're okay. fine. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, chapters five and six. We start, we left off where Dane had um, been attacked by the Stormwings. All the ponies and the dogs and the horses and the castle came to defend her. And they fought off the Stormwings. There was a very handsome bearded man with blue magic fighting. And um, Anwa has just taken Dane post-fight to meet the handsome man. And (laughs) my notes say, bearded man (laughs) equals hot. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Is it sad? Like, I kind of picture, like, a lumberjack beard. Like, that's what I got going on. It's just this lumberjack beard and these crystal blue eyes. I always thought it was, like, a super, like, tailored beard. Some lumberjack beards can be be tailored. (laughs) I love the description here when she meets him because she's, like, sweating and she's like, my face is probably breaking out right now. Um, I feel uncouth and clumsy. I'm probably going to step and break something. Mm-hmm. Like, haven't we all felt that way around very attractive men? Yes. Particularly, like, older. slightly older. The attractive men? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'm a moron for saying, like, the simplest things. You're like, oh, God, I hated that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, in a way, we all get to experience being 13 again when faced with very, very attractive is anyone who's super attractive and super together and with it and polished. Mm-hmm. You're like, I am a fool. I don't know. That's how I feel. <laughs> I'm just like, I, okay, hi. <laughs> Normally I say something that's like teasing and awkwardly flirty, and then I go walk away singing the awkward song under my breath. <laughs> Have you heard that one? Awkward. Sorry, that was really, um, awkward. Word. I have not heard that song. There's a girl I'm at my school, Emmy Davis. So check it out; it's hilarious. <laughs> All right. Um. So he remembers that she's Dane, and she's like, "Oh, I do remember you. You threw the blue lightning." That must be kind of nice. You could like identify people by color. Like yeah. I'd be like, "Oh, you're that person." I mean, we do that. You're the person who wears all the pink. Pink is my signature color. True. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's see, what else do we have? She's talking to him, and we find out it's King John! Dun, dun, dun! One of our favorites from the Alana series. Mm-hmm. Which um, we'll get to. Yes, yes. And so he's talking to Dane. He wants to know a little bit more about her background. And I love how he's like, no, 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 don't stand up, please. I don't want to have to stand up, and if you bow, I have to stand up. Just let's stay seated. We're all good. And Dane is like, this is a weird country. Yes. And I love like how normal he is. I love how he keeps, he doesn't magically change um, who he was from the Alana series to this one. He stays such a normal person. (laughs) Right, right. I like seeing his progression as a character throughout Mm -hmm. because we see him again with Cal later. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, (laughs) He seems very young here too. Like to me now, as I'm reading, I'm like, oh, he's like 30. (laughs) Oh my gosh, he is. And, and Dane is 13. And I've, the first time I read these, I was 13. And I'm like, oh my god, 
child. Yeah, no, that's funny because that's never actually hit me that he's only... Can you imagine being in charge of a country? At 30? Oh my gosh. I can't even get my finances in order. Well, I guess right. probably I can be. barely be in charge of my classroom, <laughs> my like 20 kids at a time. <laughs> Sometimes it's 30. <laughs> On bad days. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to combine years. <laughs> I've had 32 in a class before. Oh An gosh. English class with lots of writing. And they're like, here, we put 32 kids in one class. Keep them quiet. Make them write. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what happens is he gets his food, right? And I love that he comments, the writers eat so much better than me. (laughs) (laughs) Something coming from somebody who went through night school. (laughs) Right. A nice challenge. And Anne was like, it's just because we don't have tasters. And so he's so real because she can just say these things to him. It's not like bowing and scraping. Mm -hmm. And so you see, you still see John who surrounds himself with close friends that he can be informal with. Yes. And we'll see him, you know, be all kingly later. Mm -hmm. And he does have the, the aura that Dane is just freaking out in front of. Very much. And I think that's one of the things that makes John such a imposing, like, not imposing in a bad way, but he he has a presence. Mm-hmm. When he walks into a room, he has a presence. And we'll get to it later in the Kel series, where they really show off that presence. Yeah. Um, he also turns way more kingly in the Kel series, but... Um, I need to develop one of these presences, so when I walk into the room, my students shut up. I had, there was a girl I went to school with, she was five foot nothing, super, like, super skinny, blonde hair, and um, I was the sweetest girl you'd ever met. Good Lord, she walked into the room and everyone stopped and turned and I swear she was six feet tall. And then I'd go, st- I'm, I'm a six feet tall and I'd go stand next to her and I was like, why are you a head shorter than me? It was the craziest thing, but she just had one of those presents that you were just like, I'll do what you say. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> Is she an actress now? That yes, tends actually. to happen. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. So... John's pulling all of the kingly presence stuff, um, and he wants to know more about Dane's background. He wants to know if maybe she knows who her father is, if she has any siblings or half-siblings who can help them detect immortals. The way he phrased this. Oh, man. Do you, it was, who's your mom? My mom died. She's a head witch. Well, wait, who's your father? I don't know. He, I've never met him. And then it's like, well, we need to know if there's more of you. It's like, how flirtatious do you think her father was? <laughs> I mean, well, he says, uh... What of your father? His voice was kind, but the question hurt. He said gently, I'm sorry, but I must know. If your father was a peddler or a vagabond, perhaps he sired other children with your ability. Um, and then he explains why that matters, too. And I like mm-hmm. that he takes the time to explain why. This is something I see so much as a teacher, um, as a new parent, even with a very small child. If you stop and explain stuff, people are much more likely to go along with you. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, the nine-month-old, it's mostly like, you need to not move while I change your diaper. Please be still. <laughs> and I'm distracting you with a toy at the same time. But hopefully we'll get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, with my students, if I explain, you know... We're not just reading this to read it. We're reading this in order to understand how authors pick specific words to convey a meaning. We're reading this to understand how stories have the power to change the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, they stop and they, they put a lot more into it. And so he's stopping to explain why, and I love that he does that because he doesn't have to. Yeah, he does it. And, and I think that's part of the whole, like, they treating Dane like an adult, mm-hmm. you know, kind of deal. And... I think it helps so much more in everything that she goes because it makes her sit there and think and go, oh, okay, okay, I get this now. Uh, this is also a place for some info dumping. 
uh, we find out that... <laughs> These are going to be the two chapters of Info Dumping. So much information. <laughs> but it's good that it's not at the beginning, right? Because you yes. read those books where it's all at the beginning, and by the second chapter, you don't care. Mm-hmm. And or she your doesn't... brain hurts. Yeah. You're like, I'm processing too much right now. I can't do this. And I mean, this is one of Tamara's... This is what, her third series to write? So she, even in 92, when she's writing this, we already see a very sophisticated writing style where she's weaving her information in throughout, and it'll get more sophisticated as we move further in her books. But she knows to not info dump, which is something a lot of young writers tend to do very annoyingly. Uh, So we find out that the Divine Realms is the home of the gods. And 400 years ago, immortals were locked away. And now the immortals are back out. And so neighbors are seeing winged horses and like fairies and griffins. And in Tortal, we have monsters, ogres, and trolls. Um... And it seems like it's directed against Tortal, this releasing of all of the immortals. Um, because again, Tortal's got the, the tough stuff, and they're seeing these kind of traitorous lords like Cynthia, mm-hmm. who don't have much magic at all, are teaming up with these monsters like the Stormwings. Yeah. So we find out about these monsters are in Tortal, and all the good immortals are in other lands. Mm-hmm. So after explaining that... Um, they tell us that maybe they're dealing with Carthac. We find out that Carthac's another country across the Inland Sea. And I love this because Dane blushes for her ignorance. And then they just go on and explain more. So they're telling the reader while they're telling Dane. Um, and it's coming from Numer, who we have established as a very learned wizard. He's very wise and smart. And he's not a jerk about it. Um, Karthak has this university with a giant library, and that was the library that sealed the immortals away. And so we think that the Karthaki mages found those spells and are releasing them. Um, and so in the meantime, you know, we're, we're looking for our own spells to put the immortals back. But in the meantime, if we can somehow find out the immortals are coming before they hit, because our people are, are having trouble fighting these things. Right. So then we get to hear a little more about Dane, and she says, I don't know who he is. It's in my name, Sarah Sri. Sarah's that is daughter. one of my favorites. And you want to talk about things that stick with you, um, is her name, mm-hmm. Sarasri. And the, like, the I don't know why, but it stuck with me. Like, I mean, it would be, I wouldn't read these books for six months or something like that, and I would remember that, and I would remember the breakdown of her name. And I think it's one of the things that started me in the obsession of, like, words mm-hmm. um, and languages and stuff like that is just the way that all of these things mean things, because that's a weird way to put that. Words mean words. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but words do have layers of meaning, and so it's not just this, like, first instant like oh it's a last name yeah it's a last name with the meaning it denotates that she doesn't know her father because where she comes from people are named for their father yeah and and it kind of it shows that like well not only was dane like was was not only dane having to deal with being the differences of like having magic and dealing with all that her mother being a hedge witch and everything she was also having to deal with her last name Mm -hmm. and immediately told people she was a bastard Right. Like, she didn't... Yeah. And this is something that matters in the society. Exactly. And it just adds a layer to this is something she has to deal with. And again, going back to that whole why Dane had to grow up so quickly. It wasn't her choice. It's what society said. Hey, here you go. Mm -hmm. Which is not right. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. 
So Dane doesn't really know much about her dad. Her parents met at Beltane. So Beltane is actually a Celtic holiday celebrating May Day, and it's a fertility holiday. Um, so that's one that Tamara Pierce borrowed directly from history. So it's celebrating May Day, like May Day, the... and like the return of of spring, and that's awesome. It's because I've heard of May Day. I've never heard of Beltane before, so I I legit thought it was like a made up holiday. No, so. it's like the old name for May Day, mm. and so which is gonna be what the beginning. The summer, first day of May. Yes. We're, we've moved away from winter and cold and snow and ice. Because in England, I mean, in Texas. I was going to say, You get Texas snow we... through April sometimes. <laughs> you get snow through April and, and summer through December. So there you go. Yeah, but we're starting. <laughs> so this is the beginning of the growing season and the celebration. And um, and we see a lot in a lot of different fantasy novels. If you remember in Howl's Moving Castle, they actually have a scene where they have to pick flowers and make wreaths for May Day. And there's a lot of religions with fertility rituals and jumping mm. through fires uh, for a kind of fertility ritual pops up quite often. The Her reaction to the king saying, I participate in Beltane, You right? never jumped over no embers, she accused before she knew what she was saying. Which I love that you never jumped over no embers. Right, <laughs> again, remembering she's a mountain girl. Yeah. This is not an educated girl. I mean, she's probably never been to school. Mm-hmm. I think her grandfather taught her how to read, but... Yeah. We don't get much background there. But, and then he, him going, the rulers take part in all great feasts to show respect for the gods. Thayette and I do it every year. I don't know. I can just kind of see him being like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> this is how we do it. <laughs> hey, I'm the voice of the tribes. I can do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> we can cut that, but we're not there yet. Mm. All right, so we find out that Dane's parents met in the woods on this holiday. Um, and Dane doesn't really look like the people in her area, so she's probably not any villager's kid. She believes that her mom really did meet some random guy in the woods. Uh, but I do like, too, that Dane's mom, later on we find out that she never was really serious with anyone else, and she always kind of considered herself married to this guy that she met, who was Dane's dad. So it the wasn't just... The woods. <laughs> it wasn't just a quick, like, seduce and run like, they establish some kind of serious relationship there. Yeah. Which we find out about later. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so, Dane doesn't know anything about her dad. She says, I'll help if I can. And the warnings aren't really that specific. She just says, um, it's, I just know something wrong is coming, kind of. Like what I knew about the rabid bear. This so we're back to the damn bear. rabid bear. What happened with coming the rabid bear? Oh my goodness. Yeah, and so she talks about the rabid bear, and then she says, you know, I didn't want to see him or anything like that. And then how she has an identical sensation. Or no, the king asked, did you have an... No, Numer, my bad. Asked if she had an identical sensation from the rabid bear and the storm wings. And she goes, no, it's different, I promise you. Um, but he, she says... This is where we find out she sees in color that they were bad, but in a brown kind of way. She sees in color. Most of us see in color, Tracy. <laughs> she sees the animals in, in her color. mind. It's almost like synesthesia where she's attaching colors to these animals. Yes. So the bear is bad in a brown way. Um, bears feel brown, but this one had black and red lights. My thought is always Paula Abdul from American Idol going, I see you as like a purple. <laughs> That's what I think about when I read this part <laughs> every time. <laughs> All right. And then the monsters are gold with black and green lights. And I never felt any real creature as gold. So we're 
again, establishing that otherworldliness there with that color. I wonder, because, and I guess this comes up later in the book, so sorry, but the in, she sees magic, some magic, as gold. So I wonder if the gold she's seen in the auras... Is the influence? Is the influence because they are literally magical beings. Like there's no necessarily quote unquote human aspects about them. Like right. Well, in the badger made of magic. The badger and all the gods are silver. Mm -hmm. So interesting. Okay, that's something to think on. If you have comments on that, holla. All right. So she talks about feeling the animals in color, and Numair is like, "I told you she has magic," and Dane goes, "But I I don't don't have have magic." Um, and she, but should we jump out when we see why she's so defensive about it? Like her mom tested her so much for magic. Have you ever had a time where you like your parents wanted you to be something you just couldn't be? Yeah, girly. For my family it was athletic. Actually, there you go. I'm pretty girly. Um, I was always into theater and books and stuff, and they were like, "Hey, you should play sports. We all play sports." And I'm over here like, guys, this is not a good idea, and it wasn't. Yeah, no, for me it was, I wanted to go out and play in the mud and run around and I hated wearing dresses and ironically I love wearing makeup now, but like I hated doing all that and looking nice. I was like, why do I have to brush my hair? I was like, I'm just going to put it in a ponytail so it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Um, I have since grown out of that stage, but I'm still very much a tomboy at heart. Um, And I, I, you almost get the sense like, and I'm sure she wasn't. But you almost get the sense that Dane's mom was upset that she didn't have magic. Like, she was disappointed. Well, I mean, they say that... Or at least Dane read it like that. Later we find out that they were healers, right? And Mm -hmm. the family was this long tradition of healers, and Dane's not. Yeah. So, I think that's even more like if my family had a long tradition of being professional athletes, and then I come along and I would be like, hey, come see me in High School Musical, too. <laughs> um, it would it would affect you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know? So, I see why she's so defensive. And, again, she's 13. Mm-hmm. She's very young. And we're seeing a lot of, like, early teen angst here. And just these... Well, and she's having all the hormones and everything mm-hmm. like that go through her. And all of the ups and downs. I mean, let's be honest. As a female, I don't know about you, but, like, I remember what it was like. Was and so I don't bad. ever want to go back to it. So bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that was also time. a time when I really needed my mom. But I was also really wanted to be independent. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, she's trying out this independence thing. But her mom's not there to catch her. Well, and she never got the option to have the choice of, I don't, like, I want to be independent. She was just kind of thrust into the world mm-hmm. of independence. And she she needs her mom. She does. <laughs> and I know. it's so hard, and it's hard to read sometimes in a, the yeah. best way possible. But, like, you do kind of see that. You know, and I think a couple times she even says, it's like, Mom, where are you? And stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, ever since having my kid, I'm like, mommies need to stay with their babies. And before that, I was like, children need to be in the best environment possible for them. And sometimes that's not with the mother. And now with all these hormones, I'm like, mommy, stay with their babies. And any mommy who is not good at taking care of her baby, I'm coming for you. <laughs> like, the hormones are intense. And the, the bonding and the protective auras and stuff. And that's given me kind of a new insight to reading the mom as well. So we'll see a little more of that later, mm-hmm. but right now we just see how defensive Dane is anytime anyone mentions magic, so it's a very touchy subject. Well, magic and her specifically. Yes. Her having magic, because mm-hmm. she doesn't. <laughs> um, so then we find out that Numare, and the king agrees with Numare, uh, believes that Dane does have magic, but it's not the gift. So mm-hmm. 
in the Alana series, we see a lot of the gift. We see a little bit of other magic, but not much. But now we're sort of establishing there's magic outside of the gift. And it, the gift, it's almost like academic standard English. Like, you're expected to have the gift or nothing, and all the other ones are kind of looked down upon. But there's so many different ways of speaking English that are still correct. Mm-hmm. There are different ways of doing magic that are not the gift. The gift just happens to be kind of the standard. That's what most people are familiar with. Which is interesting to me because you do get so many other people that are gifted and not gifted in mm-hmm. their sense, but they you know they work with animals or they're great archers mm-hmm. or whatever, and they it's odd, you know. That it, like the society doesn't recognize it as magic. Exactly. Yeah. And well, if we all that's have an magic, then would the gifted ones be special? Would it still be a gift? And I mean, the gift manifests as like just raw magic power that could be shaped to do Just spells. They never the got their Harry Potter letters, so what does it matter? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like that we've established earlier in the book. Uh, Miri talks about an uncle who can talk to dolphins, mm-hmm. and he's the Wave Walker, the sea people who know about that. Um, and so Dane brings that up, and Numair and the King are like, "Yes." That's magic magic. That's not just weird people. And Dane is like, whoa, mind That's not blown. not just weird people. I like that translation of the book. I mean, not going to lie. When I went to SeaWorld, I would try to talk to the dolphins during my mermaid phase that lasted way longer than it should have. Um, I just call myself weird people. I mean, what else is there? It's all good. Um... Yeah, and then I like how he points out, too, it's like only a few people know it exists. And then coming from a village like what Dane did, it's like they're not going to have, they didn't even have knowledge of like they what a hedge They barely have witch. the gift. Yeah, they barely have the gift. They had no knowledge of the, like what a hedge witch was or a healer or anything like that. They just thought Dane's mom was a freak that helped them sometimes. Right. Um, and I'm sure some people were very grateful for that, though. But, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, right? That'll come up later. So. And... um. So, I mean, it would make sense that her mom would just kind of be like, I don't understand you or what's going on. Yeah, everyone's a little confused. Mm-hmm. So, Numir says he can actually see the wild magic. And John says he's perhaps the only living expert on wild magic. That is so lucky that they just ran into each other on the road. No, it's like so it cool how that happened. Meant to be or written very specifically for this situation. <laughs> All right, um, and I love how he compares her to a deer. She's like, well, why didn't you tell me, Numair? And he's like, if you want a deer to come, do you make sudden noises? And Dana's like, well, no, stupid. And she's like, oh, wait, I'm the deer. I get this now. I love this. They like, <laughs> that's different. I'm no deer. <laughs> Jonathan took Dane's hand. Will you let Numair help you study wild magic? And then Anwa's like, hey, if you study it, you can learn to heal them. And this is my favorite part. They bribe her with animals. You can help all the animals. <laughs> you can talk to them. You can heal them. And Dana's like, wait, I have animal magic so I can use it to talk and heal animals? Talk to and heal animals? I love it so much that that's what they're doing. Because Dane already has animals. They're like, look, Dane, more access to the animals. And Dana's yes. like, accepted. <laughs> but it also shows that they pay attention to her, which True. I think is fantastic. So, yeah, we find out in the marsh, after the Stormwings attacked and all the birds came and mm-hmm. fought for Dane, um, Dane was healing them with her magic, and they pulled it out, 
So Numer can teach her to heal that. So that won't happen again because yes. a passed out Dane is not a useful Dane. <laughs> I love this. She looked at the king. I still think it sounds crazy, but I'll try. He squeezed her hand. You will, he asked quietly. I'm in love, she thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then practical Dane come back, comes back and goes, oh, but I'm working for Ona. You know that moment when you take a job and then you get a better opportunity and you're like, dang, but I made a commitment. <laughs> So Numair is going to join the riders for the summer. He's got to talk John into it. And he's going to train Dane on the way. So it's a whole big conference that took us 24 minutes to get through. <laughs> and we're going to have to speed some of this up. We've got a lot of extra fluff in this part. Yeah, it's all good. We, have to, we also have like pauses and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, she's leaving, John leaves, and he was gone, which was really just as well, because it suddenly felt hard for her to breathe. And I love that Anwa acknowledges it. She's like, yeah, he has that effect. <laughs> That's just John. So they're going to go try uh, Dane's range with Cloud. And so Dane goes to get Cloud. is like, you're my student now. Lessons. Let's go. Yeah, immediately. I, I know. It's fantastic. So she's talking to Cloud, and she's like, I have magic? And Cloud's like, well, obviously you have something. Who cares about the name? Do you really think the wild creatures visit because they like humans? <laughs> <laughs> Cloud is her voice of reason, and I absolutely love it. There's always that character in the she's book. She's Cloud horse is... sense. Yes, she has a horse sense. But she's her voice of reason, and she is so sassy and so fantastic, and she feels questionable about the horseman. I also love when they're doing the calling scene and um, Numer's like, well, can she just signal signal me? And she goes, no! (laughs) I don't want her to bite you! Anwa says that. She's like, dang, no one cloud shall do it by kicking him. (laughs) Numer will do a speech about with me. You and I will sit here. Yeah. So Cloud's gonna go with them. They trot off and... uh, Numer has to follow Cloud because they've explained it and Cloud's like, cool, I know what to do. Come on, smoke man. <laughs> Only one of us can lead here and that has to be me, he called. Yeah, yeah. that's not how that that's works. the last time Numer <laughs> had any authority over Cloud. <laughs> right. Um, so Anwa and Dane are kind of breaking down what happened. And this was a... Yeah, so Numer and Cloud go off and Anwa and Dane are breaking down the conversation with the king. And I love this question. Dane says, if the king's on the bad side of the Carfax, why does he have to dance with the ambassador's wife? Mm-hmm. Politics, Anwa said. We get a really good part of the story right here. And Dane says, aren't we at war then? Nah, the woman replied, we aren't at war until both sides sign a paper saying it's war. This is so relevant. Yeah. So relevant. This is a very, very relevant piece of, I think, where we are right now. And just in life and society. And I love that line. Like, I actually wrote it down in my notes and was like... This, right here. This line. <laughs> the Carthaki Empire Emperor can raid us and send monsters against us, but there's no war. Yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that was a good, nice little bonding moment between Anwa and Dane. Yes, yeah, I like that. Um, so in the distance, Dane hears wolves, and she kind of drifts off to listen to them. And Anwa notices and shakes her, and she's like, Dane! And... So they stop for a minute, and Anwa asks if she can hear the wolves. So we find out that Dane kind of joined with the wolves a little bit with her mind, and they came way closer to the castle than normal. And then Dane kind of realizes what's going on, and she's like, run away! There's mm-hmm. hunters here! And they're calling stopped. Um, at this point, 
Dane is upset and she says she's just too tired to do this. So something about running with the wolves in her mind has made Dane upset. And I think, again, we're hinting at that madness, madness that she's that scared we, of. Yeah. So um, the ponies come over to be reassured after the scary wolves were there. And she reassures them. And then new mare, I love, I should have remembered you might be tired after this morning. You know, fighting storm yeah. wings. He's before the light out. very, very zealous new mare. I love Numair so much. He's, He's my favorite. He's wonderful. Um, so someone comes out with dogs, and Dane is going to go back inside to sleep. And she's got a new place to sleep now, because the barracks really didn't work out for her. So she's got her own little ground room floor um, where little animals can come crawl in. Mm-hmm. Um, Three palace cats tonight. Yes. And then later there's babies. <laughs> oh yeah so um always a big supporter of that oh and then i love it so she wakes up in the middle she wakes up in the morning and um you get sarge yelling trainees come out yes <laughs> and she's like oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> trying to remember to wake up and this is really where we get to see the start of dane's work life like mm-hmm. her day-to-day okay i'm on was like assistant and i'm gonna go do this stuff and whatnot and we really, we find, this is part, I believe, of Dane finding her voice and finding her confidence and stuff like that, because she has to, <laughs> and it doesn't always work, but she has to tell these people that are weirdly enough, what, they're her age. They're older. They're they're, they're older than her. And, like, no, you're doing that wrong. Like, you're going to hurt that horse, or you're going to do this, or whatever, but, like, she's got to tell them this and make sure they listen to her, mm-hmm. um, which sometimes work and sometimes doesn't. And what I love is that she has the backup of the people around her. Mm-hmm. The adults are like, you're an authority. Mm-hmm. You are not below these guys, and when it comes to horses, you rank above them. Yes. Use that to make sure, again, that they're not getting hurt and the horses aren't getting hurt. So... They're, um, they start with going through the paces, and there's, I love, Dane tells a trainee to tighten up his stirrup, and he doesn't stop and do it, so Burry comes by and, like, pulls on the stirrup and completely unhorses him. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, when Dane tells you to do something, you do it! Yeah. And he's like, she, Dane's like, I'm sorry, I tried to warn you, and he's like, oh, no, I heard you. I'll do it next time. <laughs> Um, he's a fun character, though. I really, really like that section, though, where they talk about the horse, the horses and the riding and the gates and walks and trucks and just mm-hmm. the information. But I'm horse-obsessed, so there you go. Um, I thought it was super awesome. Pretty accurate? Pretty accurate, yeah, on all of it. I put, teaching riders how to saddle up and ride, Tracy. Yes, that's <laughs> super accurate. And saddling a horse, believe it or not, is not easy. There are people that saddle their horses all the time that still do it wrong. Because uh, you just have one day where you're tired and that saddle pad slips down and then things just go haywire. Or you do, that horse decides to breathe out and that girth strap gets pretty loose. <laughs> oh, that's the one. That happens all the time in books. Yes. I love it. Because yeah. you can always tell the novices because they've like done the girth strap and then they get riding and they fall off the saddle. Yes, that's accurate. That happens in real life all They the have time. to knee the horse in the chest <laughs> to get him to blow the air out. Mm-hmm. Treats. Treats are a big help for that. If they yeah. don't do that, you give them a treat and then you're like, Yay! And eventually they stop doing it, and then you can stop giving them treats. <laughs> it's a great it's way to It's probably a lot down. harder to make a horse fat than a dog fat with too many treats, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so at the end of the day, they head back into the mess, and uh, we find out that Fayat is there training the riders as much as possible. 
and that she's very invested in the riders and their safety, and she's willing to ride out in very expensive clothing yes. in order to go save her rider groups. And you get the quote from John saying, at least, or Anwa saying that, you know, next time just try to change your clothes. Like, That's what John said. She's like, wasn't the king mad? <laughs> yes. Next time just try to change your clothes. I loved it because he's like, I can't change her, and I love who she is, but like, we that still wasn't had to change my clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very expensive dress before the pearls. After the day's okay. work, they're going to have lessons after supper. And let's see. Cloud is going with them. We're going to find out. He wants to find out Dane's range. But before that, he's going to show her the magic around her. And that's when he kind of puts his hands on her shoulder. Oh, and we're on page 132. Okay, the slow, deep breaths. And then her mind filled with vines of sparkling light and she opens her eyes and she sees magic everywhere. And it's like magic is a life force. It's like energy. So the there's magic in the plants. There's magic in the rocks. There's magic in the ground. She picks a little plant leaf and it turns brown. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh no, I killed it. And he's like, let it go. And she drops it and it starts with brown sparkly instead of green sparkly because it's returning to the goddess. Yes, I love that. Um, and so I like, like that. Because that's how the world is, right? There's living potential in everything. Even rocks are made of once living things compressed together. Mm-hmm. Um, some rocks are. <laughs> <laughs> but we see that this wild magic is more in touch with the magic of the natural world. Yeah. And Dane's covered in copper fire. Mm-hmm. And that's what color wild magic is going to be for the rest of the books. Um, and we see an undine. And it's kind of exciting. This actually pretty little water immortal. Mm-hmm. That doesn't try to kill her. It's the first one that doesn't try to kill her. Yes. No, it's <laughs> Which great. Which is kind of nice. <laughs> and I think that was kind of the first thing of like, oh, hey, like some of them can be cool. So they leave the clearing and then this is when Numair starts calling her Magelet. Mm-hmm. He says, we live in a marvelous time. We live in marvelous times, my little Magelet. What's a Magelet, she asked. And this is going to become your favorite nickname for the entire series. Mm-hmm. It's so cute. I like. I wish they would use it in more books, but I get mm-hmm. it. It's a Tamara Pierce thing. It's still adorable. <laughs> I love it. So the next day, Dane's kind of seeing magic everywhere, and we see Zelda. She's just kind of this bully, this annoying bully, and she's like, why are you twitching? You look like you have palsy. <laughs> I mean, this is she's like Draco Malfoy-like. I also how quickly she learned how to see magic, which is kind of awesome, because is like, no, it's something you can learn how to do. And then she just kind of, like, picks it up and learns it. I thought I feel that like was cool. He kind of, like, op- he uses his gift to show her how it's done. Yeah. And then it's there. But, I mean, like, how many times have you been shown how to do something? And then you're like, mm-hmm. why can't I do it again? <laughs> like, why is this not communicating? Well, and it's interesting because she's only seeing more of the copper fire. So she's not seeing the silver and the rocks and the green and the trees and all that. So mm-hmm. it's not like the entire world is sparkly fire. Yeah. That would be too much. But she's seeing the little glimpses of copper fire and living things. Um, Anwa has the copper color through her head and her hands, mm-hmm. which is that horse-hearted. So we find out Anwa has both the gift and wild magic. Yeah. That's kind of cool. <laughs> and Numair goes, why so surprised? She's uh, horse-hearted. Do you think Thyat would commission anyone to obtain mounts? <laughs> and then we hear about a few other people in the castle who have um, wild magic. People in the palace muse and the kennels, some of the ostlers, including Stefan, the chief ostler, 
who breeds the knight's horses, and we find out that Numir trained him. So Stefan has enough magic that he needed training. Yeah. And I think what's implied with wild magic is a lot of, it doesn't need as much training as the gift, mm-hmm. and a lot of these people, it just manifests as they're good with that kind of animal. Yeah. I'm just good with animals, <laughs> yeah. but I don't have magic. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta make a t-shirt, but I don't, I don't have, have magic. magic. Um, which is cool later on, because when we do get to meet Stefan, is pretty awesome. I love this. And I only heard of all this two days ago. Being all of 13, of course you should be omniscient. (laughs) Oh. That's relatable with high school students. Right. (laughs) She's working on calling the horses mentally instead of with her voice. And they're going to keep practicing. And then he gives her a book. And I love Jane's reverence for this book. And it's this great big anatomy book of animal, um, animal anatomy and sketches. She gets the book on anatomy. And she's super excited. And they have the awesome discussion about organizing the boxes in your mind. Yes. Um, and he, yeah. is this where he talks about she, how like crazy, when he would look at her, it would be like she had a whole bunch of tendrils going in and out and then like slowly those tendrils are being pulled in as they do lessons and stuff like that. Not yet, but he says this is spring cleaning and we are organizing the mind. So in chapter five, um, you do get one of my favorite quotes on chapter 140 and 141 and i want to put this in my classroom like so hard i want to put this in my classroom um it says everything they think about is all stumble tumbled together willy-nilly and she's talking about the animals so numeric's response to this is as animals they remember the past only vaguely they are unable to visualize a future part from them that changes the seasons, they have no comprehension of morality, mortality, sorry, <laughs> or the death, or of their deaths. Um, they don't learn of books or teachers, and so uh, they don't learn from books or teachers, so they have no need to structure their minds in order to find out what they learn. And this is where you get where he talks about people, and this is the part I really like. It says, you, ha- you however, are human and different. If you do not find a way to organize your mind, at worst you might go mad, and at best you'll be stupid. <laughs> and I want that so hard, just in like a poster board. <laughs> it's like, if you don't organize your mind, at worst you'll go mad, and at best you'll be stupid. <laughs> um, That's how I really think of education, though, is it's mm-hmm. organizing the mind. Right, right. And As I love you learn, it. you kind of see all those classifications. I think that's why I did so well in the SAT. If I had like... So many things I knew a little bit about. Largely because I read these kind of books, right? Mm-hmm. As we're reading this book, we're learning about how to take care of horses. We're learning about animal psychology. We're learning a little bit about politics. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's also the thing of, like, even if they don't, they might just mention it briefly. And then you're all like, but what is this? And you go back and, like, I used to do research on it and be like, what is this? What is that? Like, this is this, this? Yeah. This? That is magic. Or I would learning? ask people. <laughs> right. Oh, man. Yeah, because these came out. We had Wikipedia when I was reading these. And so I could stop and go down little Wikipedia rabbit holes and just learn about stuff. But you had to do it on a computer. (laughs) Yes, no phones. No smartphones. No phones. Now it's just like, I have a question about this. We'll do all the things. What is Beltane, Siri? (laughs) I was worried it was going to (laughs) answer. So she gets the book. And at the end, it just says, slowly, they all grew used to their work. She saw it in the trainees before noticing it in herself. Okay, and now we move on to chapter six. (laughs) Magelet! The longest chapter (laughs) in the book. So, oh yeah, this one was long. This is like 30-something pages. 
So in this chapter, they are heading out to training camp while the king goes on progress, and they're going to Pirate Swoop. Alana has come back, and she's going to be training with the writers. Or she's been training with the writers, and she's going to train them at her home. So yay, more Alana. I love Alana. I love this. That isn't much notice, remarked Ferret, who had overheard. How much notice do you need, trainee? Sarge asked. You have half a day to prepare. One day you'll have to roll out of bed, ready for a long ride. Then you'll appreciate this leisurely pace. (laughs) This made me feel so old. I don't know why. Because I think, like, when I was younger, I remember taking a week to pack for trips and everything like that. You, like, carefully select which books you're going to read which days. Yes. And (laughs) now I'm like, oh, here's three books, here's two outfits, and I have a pair of yoga pants. Okay, I'm good to go. And that's usually, like, the hour I leave before to get on the plane. Like, that is what I have turned into. (laughs) But I felt so old because you're, like, sitting there giving advice. And you're like, no, it's really going to turn out that way. You just don't realize it yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I oh, guess right. I could be a Queen's writer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I know, between the horse stuff and the, the quick pack and the not too worried about makeup and brushing hair. <laughs> Good to go. I'm great. <laughs> I would I would die. It would be so bad. I'm way too high maintenance for this. <laughs> Who could I be in these books? Pretty much no one. Yeah. I couldn't be a knight. I, I def couldn't do no, it. That's I could much. not be a knight. Uh, Queen's writer, potentially. Potentially. <laughs> These are intense books. They are. They're very intense. And the things that they have to go through. Oh, yeah. And you can shoot a bow. And I can shoot a bow. So there you, you go. You are ready for this. I'm, I'm like <laughs> a bard. A mage bard. A librarian bard. I actually play a librarian cleric in our D&D game. And I play a knight. So there, there we go. go. <laughs> she keeps me safe. I do. And I try to teach her reason. It doesn't work, though. No. <laughs> so they have meditation. They're going to move out. Um, Dane is just noticing the magic around her and she's starting to listen and send out her consciousness and she ends up with this herd of ponies and she starts feeling more like a pony. And I like this. When Dane's spirit began to change to take on the scent of the herd, the mare knew they were in trouble again and Cloud races from the herd and breaks down the door to go wake up Dane before Dane turns into a horse. Yeah. I And there's so much I love about this scene from her description to the outside, to the calm and quiet and how it just, it gets different and mm-hmm. everything. And I love, again, Cloud's panic and she, you do get, you do get a kind of moment right here where she goes, I'm not always going to be around to do this. And my point, my thought was always the death of Cloud and I'm always like, no. Yeah. New Mayor's like, what's going on? And Cloud tells her, don't run with the people again until you remember to hold on to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so Cloud is again bringing forth this common sense, but her common sense is very much like, quit trying, don't do new things, mm-hmm. you need to stay where it's safe. Yeah. Which is not the best advice here. It's not. But it is the advice that Cloud knows from her limited perspective. So you get it. She she lies. This mm-hmm. is a big thing, I think. At least in my opinion, she lies to New Mare and she lies to everybody. And she's, she's like, "What's says, going on?" I felt I felt I felt sick. Um, and I I just to me I feel like that's so important because she this is she's kind of just she's not starting out her studio studio ship studio. Studying, she's not starting out her educational relationship with Numer exactly like they've been together for a little bit, but this should be somebody that she should trust, mm-hmm. and she's lying to him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think it shows a little something about, you know, where Dane's at and stuff like that. She's scared. Mm-hmm. And she's young. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy when you are young to think... Well, and she's had so many bad experiences. It's easy to think, no one's going to help me. Everyone's going to hate me if they find out. So I'm going to cover this up. And it'll hopefully just go away. Yeah. But that's not how life works, friends. No, it's not. The meditation did bring up an interesting thing that made me ask a question. It says, and where my question for you is, do you think that when she says she can hear stuff, like she hears the mice in the kitchen and stuff Mm -hmm. like that, is she sensing it or is hearing her only way she can explain it like she's not actually hearing it do you think or like what what's your opinion on that oh i think it's her sensing i think kind of like she can sense things magically coming like you know when you're sitting somewhere and you can feel someone in the room even if you don't hear them their eyes on you right (laughs) like my dog over there wanting our cinnamon rolls um (laughs) But you can kind of, like, you get that prickly feeling between your shoulder blades. So I feel like Dane feels that internally for animals. And then if she, like, reaches out, she can talk to them. But notice animals don't just walk up and start talking to Dane's mind. Mm-hmm. The mice in the kitchen aren't like, oh, hi, Dane, welcome. But Dane can say, hey, I I noticed you. Now I can talk to you and tell you where I hid this cheese. Um yeah. But I did kind of wonder earlier, like, she can speak to Cloud so clearly. They have conversations. And why is it that she can have these conversations with Cloud? And then with other animals, though, it's a little fuzzier. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it's because she's changed her. She's been around, mm-hmm. you know, Cloud's been around Dane for so long that that magic, that wild magic, has to have affected her in some way. Well, and we forgot to mention when she was in the clearing with Numair, she talks to the owl. Mm-hmm. And she says this is the clearest she'd heard any animal other than Cloud. Yeah. And ever since she started using her magic, she could hear animals a lot more clearly. Which, again, obviously she's been using her magic to talk to animals the whole time. We see her talk to the woodchuck about mint earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. But now she's able to have more clear conversations, I guess, because she's she's aware of the magic and she's actually using it instead of letting the magic just kind of ride along. Yeah. But yeah, I think it's more internal. I don't think it's like her hearing is magically sharpened. I think it's more just like she's kind of got this range and she can, she's learning to turn it on and off for sensing animals around her. Versus what she was doing, which was just having it on all the time. But I right. thought that was really interesting to think about because she just does describe it as hearing and, then, mm-hmm. and I was like, she can't be hearing. Like, she's not psychic. Like, not having all that. But I think with thinking about it like it's a sensation is a good mm-hmm. way to, like, explain it. Um after so but then after that Numer um she li- after she lies to Numer um she gets angry cuz he's like whoa 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 like you're not right like cloud wouldn't have just run in here in that kind of a panic like she gets so mad and defensive and i related so hard to this and she talks about privacy and why can't i have anything private well the badger's and... cloth falls outside of her shirt and he's like what's oh, yeah. this badger's cloth and she's like stop it yeah it's mine it's none of your concern mm-hmm. Um, when I see this with my students and I'll tell them, like, guys, I don't want to pry, but if something's going on in your life, I need to know so I can work with you Mm -hmm. to make sure you're still learning what you need to learn, but that you're not in an unhealthy place mentally. And I, as a teacher, I feel like it is so much on teachers to be checking in with their students' mental health. And I mean, we can't do everything. They ask so much from teachers. But if your kid's not in a mental space to learn, they're just going to disrupt everyone else. And so sometimes it means you have to, like, get that kid some help or let the kid know, like, 
dude, I get what depression is like. If you need to put your head down today and work on this tonight, I get it. We just need to work together to find a good solution. That's the thing, yeah. And I feel like Nightmare's trying to offer that to Dane, and Dane doesn't know how to accept it yet. Yeah, exactly. Instead of accepting the help, she's pushing it away. Mm-hmm. Um, which, again, I feel like is something that at least our generation has gone through. Yeah, yeah. Um, good teacher move to like be like, hey, I'm worried. But also, like, I'm going to back off now. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to ask. I want you to know that I care. But no, I'm going to step back and let you come in your own time because you can't force someone to trust you or to confide. Yeah. Um, so after this, Dane goes to sleep. Are we good to skip that part? Um, wait. Let's see. I like how he says, but I wish you would trust me. Mm-hmm. And he leaves. Heartbroken. Um, she wakes up at dawn. She goes to the stables, take care of Cloud, and then meets Mangle. Mangle. I love Mangle. <laughs> and she meets Stefan, and I like this little interlude, because she's like, oh, you're Stefan, you've got wild magic, don't you want to run with the herd? And he doesn't trust her. Well, the first time they meet, he does not trust her, and then she's like, I have wild magic too. And then he's like, oh, okay, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's the cutest little interaction. Yeah. Dan, yeah. sir, Master Numer said, you have wild magic, so do I. The man relaxed. Slightly. <laughs> you're the one of them. I bring you a cart horse. This be Mangle. Um, so she asks about running with the herd, and he's like, of course I want to run with the herd. Doesn't everyone want to run with the herd? And she's like, well, then why don't you run with the herd? And he's like, well, I'm a human. Yeah. And it's so easy and common sense for him. I I wonder how much part of that, well, wild magic is so much stronger with her, so that might mm-hmm. be part of the issue, but also because he, as far as we know, has been treated like a human his entire life. Right, well, and it says copper fire shone inside his red face. Mm-hmm. And on Anwa, it was her hands and her head. Yeah. So it's just bits of copper fire. Dane is just covered in it. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he has come to Chorus. He is... I've never thought about that. Chorus is so similar to Coruscant for Capital Cities from Star Wars and Tortal. <laughs> um, so he's worked in Chorus. He's worked with horses. He knows Numair, who knows about wild magic. So he's had the support. Um, Dane is from this really small town. Mm-hmm. And always been ostracized. So that's part of it, too. Like, if you're human and you're happy, you don't need to seek out other ways of being. But when you're lonely and ostracized and your animals are your only friend, yeah, wouldn't you rather run with the animals? Um, you get a really sweet moment after this from Dane and Anwa, where Anwa literally just comes in and tries to just reassure Dane. And it's like, it's okay you're not like everybody else. It's like, you know, it's different is okay. Um, because Dane apologized for what happened the night before. Everyone talks about how the Harry Potter books did so much for teaching our generation, like, tolerance and acceptance of others, of different ways of being. But I feel like Tamara Pierce was really modeling that from the beginning with all of her books. Mm -hmm. Like, it's okay to be different. It's okay to be on a different path. Your real friends will understand, and you don't need those other toxic people in your life anyway. Um, and honestly... Again, coming from such a conservative place, I don't know if I would be open-minded enough to survive, frankly, as a high school teacher, without Tamara Pierce. Yeah. No, I, there's a lot of things that you have to, that these books kind of teach you to accept mm-hmm. and, like, the kindness. They teach you kindness um, in a lot of different ways, and I think that's important. And standing up for people who are being picked on or ostracized. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that with Anwa, with the Queen, with John, with Numair. Um, consistently we're looking at looking out for the little guy. Yeah. 
Um, so they get Mangle, the cart horse, and they get them together. And then Dane is given the three spare ponies of Buri, Anwa, and Sarge. Um, I like how she makes a deal with them. And she's like, here, just just walk next to the thing in a file and like we'll be good to go. Yeah. Please don't make me tie you up because I don't feel like doing this. <laughs> and it's just, I like that how she, she's literally like, I thought about tying them together just for like... Appearances. Appearances, but eh. <laughs> like, it was just the cutest little... I still love the cart horse. It's just made mangled. <laughs> I am. It's probably because of his mane, if I had to guess. <laughs> Oh, in Numer, we meet Numer's horse Spot. He's so patient. And Numer rides up and goes to sleep while they're waiting for everything else to That's happen. a good horse. Uh, making friends with his patient gelding Spots. She told the horse he deserved a carrot for bearing such an ungraceful rider and gave it to him. I love, this is, I think, where Numer starts solidifying himself as the storkman. Yes. Like, we establish he is graceful with walking, but with riding, he is all knees and elbows. Mm-hmm. Um, they make camp, then they have lessons. Numair wants to have lessons, but Dane is not... She doesn't want to. She's terrified from, you know, almost losing herself to the herd and stuff for that. Um, she's able to call here, and so she does her calling magic. Um, she's working on listening with her mind instead of her ears. But then she almost joins the herd. Yeah, because she's fine with like one or two horses, but when she starts opening up her consciousness, she struggles. Yes, and and that really again it sets her back. It scares her because mm-hmm. at this point she's not confiding in anybody other than Cloud. Yep. <laughs> and this is where she so she's like, I can't. My head hurts. And then this is where Numair tells her she's just learned really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, and he gets a little. He pushes her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is another one of those moments that I feel like we really see her age and we really see just how young she is. Um, oh, and this is the part where he says your magic was like a tangle of vines around you going in a hundred directions. You've been getting that tangle under control, pulling it inside your skin and you're doing it faster than anyone I've ever known. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have that night of rest because she's been making crazy fast projects. Yeah. He's like, okay, go rest. But again, I will say in that point, we also get she lies to him again. Mm-hmm. Instead of trying, she pretends to do it. All right, next bit, we get a little bit of an info dump about the Karthaki Navy and how nobody should attack Tortal on Tortalian soil because King Jonathan's magic is tied to the land. Mm-hmm. They discuss, my next note is they discuss the not war at camp. <laughs> Yes, that's what they're talking about, how they're, they're not at war yet, and how it would be stupid for anyone to attack Tortal. Yeah. But, um, I think, let's see. The water protects Tortal, and the people on the outskirts are fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they have a lot of mages, because Tortal has a school. Yes. Yeah. And then we find out that the king's magic and the magic of the crown is so tied into the land. Yeah. Which is a callback to the Alana books, but we won't get too much away there. Because we will get to them at some point. <laughs> yes. So now we're going to meditate again. She's talking to the herd. And then she forces herself out of her meditation and goes to talk to Cloud. And Cloud says it only happens when you use the fire stuff, the thing that makes you people, or when you do the sitting thing. Leave the fire stuff and the sitting thing alone. And you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. My next, my next note is teen angst. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of that in here. Angsty Dane, she's faking her lessons. She's faking meditation, and I we get this kind of sad moment where she talks about 
with the meditation how like the other people that meditate you can see it what they get out of meditation Mm -hmm. is calm and she's like I wish I got that but when she does meditate she gets peace she talks about peace being wrapped around her and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it's it's so sad because now she's developed this good amazing habit and she's afraid of it because Mm -hmm. what it's taking her um and doing for her but we have a happy bit because we're coming yes. up on the sea. <laughs> the and Miri, sea. Miri's all excited. They can smell the brine and the seaweed. Yeah. Because um, for anyone who doesn't remember, Miri is actually a sailor. She comes from a long line of sailing people. Fishing, fisher people. Fishing people. Love Cloud said that Dane looks like a cow when she goes up to stare <laughs> at the sea. So she's really excited. She can hear the whales singing kind of way far off. So Fayette is going to teach her about the sea. They go wading, and when they're wading, Dane can hear the whales singing, and which is when Numair wades up, and he tells them that cold salt water can boost magic, which again kind of is that magic works kind of like an electrical force, because if you send a force through mm-hmm. cold salt water, then that... Totally missed that when they were talking about that in the book. I read too fast, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is also why my notes are a mess. That was a weird noise. <laughs> Well, and then, and then, so she's talking to these whales, and she realizes they're not immortals, but she doesn't really know what they are, and then they say, call, and she's like, yes, I'm calling, and they're like, no call. I called. I did. Who so are she's you? she's pushing out more and more mm-hmm. magic to try and reach and then, them. Then they're like, calf call? <laughs> no call. And they swim off. And the next thing we know, this sea lion is slamming into Dane, because to him, her voice feels like... A powerful alpha male sea lion. Mm -hmm. But to the whales, she's like, is there a baby over there? No baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, The difference in perspective made me laugh. Yeah, I love it because then all that happens and then Dane... They, she goes into the ocean and then, you know, they talk about Alana pulling, or not Alana, Alana and Mary seeing her getting pulled out of the ocean and then dropped on land and then everyone comes to her rescue and Dane is still, she just got, you know, almost drowned in an ocean which she'd never been in before and she's still like, no, don't hurt the animal. Um, I relate so hard to this. (laughs) Story time. When I was eight, I got a bunny. This is a sad story, but it was one of my like, animals are animals. Um... And we had a Labrador. And I thought the Labrador and the bunny needed to meet so they could be friends. Because whenever I got the bunny out to play, my Labrador would bark the whole time. Mm-hmm. And so I, my little eight-year-old self, held on to my Labrador by the leash and took her oh, to meet no. the bunny. And the Labrador broke out of my grasp, chased the bunny around the yard. The bunny didn't make it. It was very sad. I'm crying. I run into the house going, I didn't know bunnies could make noise. <laughs> and oh, then... No. I, then after we, you know, we buried the bunny and I said, I should have known better because dogs are descendant of wolves and wolves are the natural predators of rabbits. Oh. And I look over and my dad is spanking the dog. And I was like, no, she's just doing her instinctual behavior. Oh. And my mom is like, quit. Just, okay, come here, eight-year-old. Come here, <laughs> poor child. I hadn't even found these books yet, but kindred spirit there. So Dane almost dies. Dane almost dies. And then they're about to attack the sea lion, and she's like, wait, no, he just, he heard me, he thought I was a, a big animal, and now she promises to bring him food. Yeah, she's like, can I come meet your harem, and then can I'll I bring you babies? fish. Yeah. And he's like, fish, 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 fish. Yeah, um, so cute. So she does take him 
And then we get, Dane actually gets to see the whales because she had called to them. They were like, what is going on? And they came so close to shore Mm -hmm. or so they came super close to shore and Dane gets to see them. And she's like, whoa. Um, Yeah, that was cool. I feel like we're translating these into like, here's modern pop language. (laughs) Um, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit really fast. When Numer was doing, when she was faking all of her stuff, Numer did notice that. And Mm -hmm. again, it's one of those, Numer actually addresses it and other people address it. And then she responds to him in anger and she does it loud enough that she actually gets the attention of the entire camp. And I think that's, again, to me, that's such an important moment because she, um, She's not accepting her magic, and by not accepting her magic, she's also uh, she's also pushing everyone else away, um, which it's nice to see that juxtaposition of, like, that moment and then her with the whale and stuff like that and the excitement that she has to actually use her magic I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so tonight she's going to skip her magic lessons and go take fish, and then she ends up camping with the sea lions, and the badger comes. We have a badger dream. And this is where we get some good advice. Cloud's advice hasn't been, like, bad, but it's been limited. It's been protective. Yeah. This is bad for you, so no. Versus, like... And the badger's like, do you think I would send you to more hunters? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna knock... What is it? If you were my kit, I'd knock you tail over snout. (laughs) He's like, you have to talk to them. Um, Soon the storm will be here. Lives depend on learning your lessons. And so that's where we get the first hint that there's something bigger going on, um, which, I mean, the whole book series is going to eventually get to this giant arc. And so she promises that she's going to tell Dane, uh, Dane promises that she's going to tell Numer and Anwa her story. Yes. And so now we get, get Dane's story. The most intense of intense. Um, <laughs> so, and he says, you have to do it the next morning. Mm-hmm. So she shares shares this story, and it's hardcore. Like, she grew up in this village. Um, They were kind of outcasts. Her mom had various boyfriends but never settled down with anyone. Mm -hmm. And her mom was Suitors. They weren't boyfriends. They were suitors. Okay. Well, I think they went a little past the suitable part of suiting (laughs) and into the... (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Um, But... Her mom had a friend in the town over, and so her mom sent Dane, and she said, no, you have to go and give her a um, this medicine I made for her and everything like that. And Dane swears up and down that her mother knew what was going to happen. Uh, because we don't know exactly how much magic Dane's mom had, but like the more that you talk about it and hear details, honestly, the more magic it sounds like she has, or more of the gift it sounds mm-hmm. like she has. And um, so she ends up helping out with an ooh, a ewe? I can't ever read a ewe. Uh, which is a female sheep that was pregnant and um, helping it birth to calves. Or, sorry, not calves. Sorry, babies. Twin lambs. Twin lambs. There we go. I'm dealing with goats right now, guys. Like, my brain is all... I was Kids. like, what's a not goat? <laughs> it's obviously not a cow. Um, so, she ends up staying and then the woman that she brought the medicine for felt bad, so she slept until noon. Well, then she, when she was making it back, by the time she was making it back, the entire town was almost burned down mm-hmm. uh, because bandits had come through. The mill was burned, the miller was dead, they took the wheelwright's oldest girl and the headman's wife. Mm-hmm. And they might have skipped her house, but they remembered Ma was pretty too. Yes. 
Um, this story for me, I don't know about you, for you, but this is every time I read it, it's hard to read mm-hmm. because of just the way it, it happens. Um, and the way she, t- like she says, don't stop me because I won't be able to continue if you stop me. And she talks mm-hmm. about just the sadness that occurred. Well, um, and this is, and this is a fictional universe, but this kind of stuff happens and you know what happens where mm-hmm. bad people attack defenseless people who try to fight back and don't make it out. I mean, we hear stories all the time of conflicts and refugees that need help and um, their homes have been destroyed by the thoughtlessness of others. Mm -hmm. And so it's not like this is just a medieval problem. Yeah. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, guys. This is intense. So um, she goes on to describe how her and Cloud walked up to the house and they see that basically everyone had attacked all of the animals, all of the chickens, mm-hmm. all of the dogs, even the stupid chickens, I believe is how she refers to it, or you're going to have to find that quote. Yeah, even um, the stupid chickens. Even the stupid chickens tried to fight off these bandits to save the home. They and, killed some of the bandits. Yeah, the, the animals were successful and killed some of the bandits, but they had scared the bandits so bad that the bandits ended up slaughtering everything. And mm-hmm. she doesn't use the word slaughter, but that's what it was. Um, needlessly killing all of these animals, her grandfather and I think her mom goes killed and everything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and she, it hits her and she's the one that discovers that and she's the one that comes back to that by herself mm-hmm. and all she has left at that point is Cloud. So she, after that she has a moment where the village comes a couple a couple days later to check on what was going on and to see and we don't actually know why they came but they came and she gets mad. Because well, it was two days. The yeah, mom it was could two have days. been hurt and been there and needing help. And they waited two days to come check on her. No, my I have an argument to this because this again showed just a young mind or whatever. It's mm-hmm. the entire town was burned down. Mm-hmm. People were also dealing with their own losses and things like that. And I don't like in retrospect to that, like she also never went to go check on anybody else because mm-hmm. her stuff was burned down and she was trying to you know, do it. I don't think necessarily that they were great people, but I also think that there's there's a heaviness to it where it's like they were having to deal with their own losses and they were having to deal with their own issues and that's probably why they didn't show up. But she does state how the animals immediately came to see what was going on. Now, the animals also didn't like anybody else in town because they tried to eat them. Right. (laughs) So there you go. It was an intense, that was a very brief summary of it, a very intense part of the story. So then after that, Dane is out for revenge and she is pissed. Uh, and she's not going to go back with the humans. She's not going to go back with the humans. they weren't there for her. So she is joining the animals. Yes. So she joins the animals and she actually goes, um, she immediately goes to join the animals and she recruits the local wolf pack now here's the interesting thing about this she has to explain to the wolf pack what happened because she says what i want you to do is help me help help me hunt down these bandits and then um and kill them in revenge and this Mm. is a notion that they don't understand they're like why are we killing our own that's like sacri or why are you trying to kill your own in wolf kind that's sacrilege like that's Mm -hmm. something you don't do and she convinces them to go against their nature wolves I mean, they do kill. They'll kill the weaker members of the pack, or they'll fight to set a new alpha, but they're not going to, like, hunt another wolf pack. 
Exactly. They don't hunt down other wolf packs. They might there might be like skirmishes or something like that. Get out of my territory, or mm-hmm. another wolf might come in and say, "I want to take over the pack," or whatever. There's going to be those kinds of situations, but they don't actively go. Humans are the only creatures that actively go and have violence for violence' sake. Well, also the Indominus Rex from Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> but that is like that is the thing and she's asking them no we're gonna go have violence for violence sake Mm -hmm. because revenge is not a thing for wolves they're like okay you've killed them fair and square right i mean we're upset but we're gonna move on with this like so they're gonna go and the wolves want to just attack the camp because they're like these bandits are bad they hunted their own people and she's like no (laughs) and so they have to be smart they like take out sentries first Mm-hmm. Um, three rounds of sentries and mm-hmm. then they get everybody else that they wake up and she basically talks about how like no like these men were so they were drunk and they didn't they weren't paying attention so she was like it wasn't hard mm-hmm. um i do like how it mentions that she was human enough to understand innocence and like how these women hadn't done anything so she lets the women go mm-hmm. Uh, and the crazy thing about all of this is, you know, as she's running with the wolves and killing these men and stuff, Cloud is still with her. Oh, I know. Through all of this, Cloud was with she's her. She's convinced them to not eat Cloud. Yes. Um, that's a mare for you. Damn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> damn, mare. <laughs> oh my gosh. Sorry, guys. Sorry. That was an unintentional thing. A damn is, a, is like a horse's mother. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Cloud's sticking around. She's terrified, but she is not going to let Dane go. And then she's just by now, like, moved in with the wolves. She's one of the wolves. She's not going back to being human. And then the humans show up, and they start hunting Dane. Mm-hmm. At first, she doesn't realize. They're like, hey, Dane, come out. We want to help you. You know, you always took care of our birds. The women you saved made it home. Everyone's okay. They told us what you did. Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. that's so awesome. And then, yeah, she gets lured back in and they try to trap her and quote unquote put her down. Um, Cloud sneaks up on one of the archers and kicked him. He shot too soon and Dane ran. Um, they And this is where they tell Dane she's crazy. Mm-hmm. So Dane doesn't think, oh, I'm crazy. She's like, oh, people told me I was mad. People told me I was crazy. And then they try to set the dogs on her, but the dogs aren't going to hunt her because she trained the dogs. They try to follow her on horseback, and the horses aren't going to follow her because she trained all the horses. And they're able to get away, but they're really only staying one step ahead of these guys because they're mountain hunters. They know how to track. They know how to follow an animal. And Dane, well, right now they're just hunters. They're not mountain hunters. Well, she says they're mountain men. They're oh, trackers. Mountain. I thought you said dogs. mounted. <laughs> And I was like, no, no, we just discussed how the horses won't help. Mountain, mountain hunters. Um, This has gone on a while. I need some water. (laughs) So, but Dane's also not thinking like a human. Mm -hmm. So she's leaving the kind of tracks an animal leaves until Cloud starts to bite her and get her to walk on her hind legs. And I will say, so when she brings up the whole running on fours thing, I would love for there to be a description somewhere where she talks about like how rough her knees were or her hands or something like that, that she developed these calluses from running on all fours or from like damages or anything like that. That would have been really Mm -hmm. interesting to read in the book. So we see why Cloud's being so protective every time when Cloud is like, don't do this again. Don't get near this. It's not smart. It's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Um, So then Dane tells us that she snuck back home, got her clothes, and headed south. And that's why I've been scared with the lessons. I'm afraid of going too deep in my magic and forgetting that I'm human. Um, 
And she says she's scared to tell them the truth and that she, she was crazy running on all fours. And now she just wanted to be all new, all normal, just like everybody else. Only I guess I can't. The badger says I have to learn. All right, so that is the end of chapter six. We'll pick up next time with chapter seven and onward. We're still kind of figuring out how many chapters we can cover in a episode. But on our way out, I do have some book recommendations for you. If you like books about girls and uh, girls who want to be naturalists, I really enjoyed these. The first is called The Evolution of Calpurnia Tate. It is about a, um, a little girl in 1899. She lives in Texas. And she wants to be a naturalist. Her granddaddy's a naturalist. He teaches her all this stuff about animals and the weather. And she keeps a notebook. Um, and so it's a, it's a bit of a coming-of-age novel. And we just get to follow this really interesting, spunky girl as she's trying to kind of break out of the mold of what it means to be a lady. And there is a second book called The Curious World of Calpurnia Tate and a couple of graphic novels that are at a, a slightly lower grade level. So... That's your book rec for the week about girls and animals, The Curious World of Calpurnia Tate and the Evolution of Calpurnia Tate by Jack, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy. Yeah, those actually sound really interesting. Those are books I haven't read, so I'm, I'll be, if we ever get time in between all this, happy to pick them up and read them. Um, just a reminder for you guys that if you like what you're hearing or you want to keep hearing stuff or anything like that or want to recommend us to your friends, please go ahead and do it. And as always, of course, please give us a five-star review or any review on uh, iTunes. That'd be most helpful. The five stars really help with our visibility, help us reach our audiences, um, and let us keep making this podcast. And we will read your five-star reviews on air. If there's something you think we need to improve before you're willing to give us a five-star review, please let us know and we will look at that. You can find us on our social media sites and contact us there on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Mages of the Air. This has been Mages of the Air. I'm Katie. And I'm Tracy. And until next time, as Alana says, seize the bright moments.